A stunning second half from Schalke. Blau und Weiß, ein Leben lang. Herzlich willkommen zurück auf Schalke America. I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Join me on this Victory Monday podcast for the second week in a row. Jack Mangan, how are we doing, Jack? That was quite the dramatic intro, but yes. Uh, second consecutive Victory Monday here at the business end of the Rook Runda. Um, an interesting time to... Uh, to experience that and uh you know just in time to potentially get our hopes up a little bit only to be shattered in the final three match days um but yeah huge hugely important result uh we are out of the relegation zone for the first time in a while yeah. uh obviously the the remaining schedule doesn't bode well for us you know remaining out of the relegation zone but needed a result today and we found a way to get it although it wasn't always the most straightforward no, no, it certainly was not. Uh, before we get into the game, um, what is up with the, the crack that the uh, Dortmund mayor is smoking? Did you just hear this? Uh, what he said if uh, we beat Byron and they win the, and win the title? I, I did not see this. He said if uh, we beat Byron and they win the title, be, them being Dortmund, that he would invite Schalke to the celebration party. It's like, get the hell out of here. Yeah, I don't like that comment, but that that actually is that actually is my nightmare: is that we get a result against Bayern, hand Dortmund the title, and then we get relegated anyway by Leipzig on the final match day. Oh, that's probably God. yeah, that's probably the like the the nightmare scenario. But um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. We just I think another win out. we're in. I think another win we're in. But where are we gonna get that from? I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, yeah, big big game, big result again this weekend. Uh, Marius Bulter. Angry Tree uh, came to play yet again. Uh, had a little bit of off week, I guess, the week before, but uh, did not matter this week. He came to play. And, uh, uh, interesting game. Um, we're getting to lineups here. We'll, we'll start with the, the home team uh, and arguably the man of the match outside of Bolter. Uh, I'm talking about Zenter. Zentner, the, the goalkeeper for Mainz. He was fantastic in this game. Had something close to like 10 saves in the game. I mean, he was the reason it wasn't a blowout for Schalke. Uh, and I was worried that he was going to block the penalty too at the end. That's how good he was. Back three of uh, Hanka Olsen, Bell, and Fernandez. Uh, midfield four of Da Costa, Barrero, who scored a goal, Kor and uh, Caracol. And then uh, Onisiu and Lee with uh, Ajorke up top. Interesting lineup. Obviously, uh, Onisi was the guy you got to pay attention to. He's the all-time Bundesliga, uh, all-time Mainz Bundesliga leading scorer, taking for what he won. That's like 31 goals. Um, but still, this is a team that has guys like Core, um, obviously set-piece set specialists, and, and as well as Barrero, who's been coming on late. Uh, thoughts on the Mainz lineup? Anyone in particular, you know, Drew or I or someone raise an eyebrow for you? Yeah, I mean, so when names we're familiar with, Danny DeCosta, obviously, from his time in the Bundesliga with other teams. Uh, Onisiwo is always, you know, a threat uh, and and dangerous. I thought uh, Robin Zentner is, I mean, you could say, hey, it's lucky the way the penalty ultimately transpired. They gave us the result, and we'll get to that. But I think if it hadn't been for Robin Zentner, we probably would have had that result locked up slightly earlier. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, for me, I think we were we were – well worth the victory ultimately but yeah zentner was fantastic he was 
I mean, not only making saves with his feet and his hands, but also super commanding in the air, yeah. really making it difficult for us to do much, um, you know, with crossing and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, he was fantastic. And I think in Zeitner, you're maybe looking at, you know, potentially down the line at some point, like a, a future um, German national team goalkeeper on the senior level. Yeah, and he was also uh, very aggressive coming out and attacking the def- uh, the attackers uh, to kind of throw them off their game and really, you know, forcing early shots earlier than a player would actually like to. Uh, but I'm thinking about one play in particular where Marius Bolter had a great glorious opportunity late in the game and he rushed them. Uh, but yeah, it, it's a solid, yeah. very solid goalkeeping performance by Zentner uh, and, a, and a strong minds team, a team that's been getting results, even though they kind of did get blown out by Wolfsburg week prior. And I'm kind of glad for that because it kind of helped us uh, in that regard. Uh, looking at us, Schwoloff again, what's the goal? Once again in goal, back for Matriciani, Kaminsky, Vandenberg, and uh, Bruner. Midfield, a uh, holding midfielders of Kral and Kraus with Karaman, Salazar, and Bulter all behind Simon Terota. Thoughts on the lineup? Um, you know, the interesting thing is, I think I've spoken recently about how, you know, um, Karaman isn't necessarily my, my, my favorite player or the most convincing. Um, and he's kind of gotten a run here, it seems like, on, on the right wing recently. But I think that may have been, once again, one of his better performances in a Schalke kit so far. I thought his first yeah. half in particular was uh, was very strong. Um, you know, so often I feel like with with, with Karaman, it's it's kind of like where possession goes to die a little bit. It's, you know, a ball we played over yeah. in yeah. down or you know whatever and um he was actually pretty clean for the most part i thought he was helping um you know decent hold up play was finding solutions was finding teammates and getting out of trouble and contributing to to build up and um and then of course ultimately involved in in, in goals in this game as well so um yeah i mean props to him i've been critical of him recently i thought he played uh very well Simon Tarada up top we kind of say this every week it's like if polter or somebody else had really kind of put a stamp on the position then maybe you could be upset about Torada starting. But at this point in the season, it's just kind of like Torada's going to start most of the games. He's going to be taken out at some point. We'll get fresh legs on. And you're just hoping that like some combination of the substitutes and Torada find a way to impact it. And it just he's just he's just kind of there. We, we don't have the solution at the yeah. number nine position this season. And it's kind of like not really much of a talking point uh anymore. But then beyond that, you know, I thought it was uh it was good. It was gonna see Cedric Bruner back and available for us. Um yeah. right back. That's huge. Um, Kaminsky and Sepp Vandenberg, uh, Matriciani moves over to the left-hand side. Uh, you have, you know, kind of the ideal starting central midfield two in that four, two, three, one of, of, uh, Kraus and Kral and then Salazar from the, from the start as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, all things considered, I think a pretty strong lineup. Um, if you, you know, don't take into account like the injuries that we have and everything. Yeah, hundred percent. I think, uh, Schwaloff, uh, did well in this game too. And, um, Vandenberg and Kaminsky in particular were very strong in this game. I thought, uh, both doing well to cover each other. Uh, but also making key plays when it, when they needed to. Matriciani just being the, the the engine kind of guy that you you expect. He just doesn't stop running. He may not be the most talented guy, but he never gives up on a play. And as, like I said, good to see Bruners back in there. Carl and Kraus had a pretty pretty decent game. I, I thought overall, being mixing in there and and kind of throwing things off for the the Mites midfield. Um, Bultur, of course, was doing his thing. Yeah, he was. Uh, Crawl, by the way, I think within like three minutes had a tackle and he popped up and was like, just like screaming already. And I'm like, it, it makes such a difference to have, you know, a, a player that can be like an emotional leader in that regard. Obviously, yeah, somebody like yeah. like Kraus that um, um, is a fan of the club as well. But it, that, those are the kind of plays that like, uh, uh, you know, Zayo used to do for us. 
Yeah. But he tracks yeah, it into this kind yeah. of momentum plays. And that was just kind of like an early like tone setting thing, which I appreciate. I thought we started very well. Uh, yeah. And then Bolter has been, I mean, where would we be without Bolter this season? Obviously, Tarot has not had the season that he had last year where Bolter was sort of like the secondary player who was very important last year, but didn't have to take on, you know, the brunt of the goal scoring responsibility. Marius Bolter is over, over 10 goals. Now is he 11? 11. 11. I think, yeah. yeah, with the penalty. So he's scored you know, essentially close to about a third of our total goals scored. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, not only played well today, but also showed some resiliency because, of course, he has, he has the first goal. But then he missed a couple chances that arguably he should have put away. Obviously, credit to Zentner, as you said, the one that you pointed out later in the game yeah. where he kind of came out and closed the angle down and, and, you know, and stayed big really late, which is a great play by the goalkeeper. But multiple plays where Marius Bolter probably could have affected the game and, and the scoreline and then still steps up to take the penalty. Yeah. With the game on the line, it has the confidence having missed those chances to go for that, and I really respect that. And that's the kind of mentality you'll have to see in those players. That's what he's famous for. It's why you have the angry tree shirt. You know, it's just that. <laughs> that. He's that presence, and it's great. And yeah, and you know, great look. He has a yeah, great huge look. performance from him today. Um, Friday, it, it, Friday. Yeah, it feels like it was today, right? Uh, it, it's funny because um, why is my mouse not working? There we go. Um, we talk about Bolter and how he's lanky. He's kind of goofy on the ball. Somehow it just it seems to work. Uh, the one time he actually looked pretty decent on the ball uh, with with the moves was the first goal in the 26th minute where he's going one on one against a defender and he turns into like freaking Ronaldo. Yeah, baby like, Ronaldo, baby CR seven. Yeah, yeah, step, yeah, step over, step over, completely faking him out, breaks his ankle, and shoots it far corner and gets a goal there. Fantastic goal by Bolter to lead it off. Um, I, I don't know where he got those stepovers from. I mean, we, we he does these moves and they always seem to work, but it's never that silky smooth that he that he produced in that first goal. Yeah, it was nice. You know, he just get <clears throat> gets a uh, position on the wing there and <clears throat> several stepovers in a row, and finally gets the space he needs to take advantage of it. I think Zentner got caught a little bit flat-footed on that one. He yeah. kind of like goes down and tries to kick save it, you know, but he doesn't really he isn't able to shift over to kind of block it. Uh, and he puts it on the far post, and that was great. But I think I think part of what um, helped with that is we were very successful in this game at, at getting multiple runners in transition. So I felt like there were legitimately options for Bolter and others to pla- to pass through from trailing runs centrally, particularly with like Zalatsar and Karamat and others. Yeah. And so I think that actually opened up some space on that for him and, and allowed them to have a little bit more room to work with on the dribble on the end, um, as opposed to kind of being crowded out and just firing stuff in. So, yeah, nice place from Bolter, and I placed a uh, nice, nice way to get get things started um that was like within like 20 minutes or so too on the yeah. road yeah. Uh, which is huge huge uh and and we we talked about how Toronto really didn't necessarily do anything with the ball i think uh off the ball he really carried the central defenders with him kind of free gave him give room for bolter to do his thing one-on-one um and like you said the, the runners that are constantly there whether it's crawl or kraus kataman um at, at times bruner and matriciani it's good to have these kind of options when you're going down there because it'll take up the space away from other defenders to focus on them where he can go one-on-one against somebody and one-on-one you tend to think marius bulter for the most part for most defenders in the league he can take them one-on-one uh and they proved in that goal wonderful move of step overs by him uh to get the goal in the 26 minute uh that would be all the goals in the first half but it wasn't like the only opportunities um just prior to that goal too that happened Huge save by Schwoloff. You got to give him credit. Uh, I forget who got the shot off, but made a fantastic save. Got down quickly. Um, I think it was on a seawall. Yeah, it was on a seawall. You're right. Yeah. Uh, great save by him. And I, I was listening to the German, uh, the German cast at first, and I, I, I watched the replay later. Um, and yeah, the, the announcer was going nuts. Uh, and then you watch the replay, and you can see good reason why he was going nuts. 
Uh, great save by him. And that kind of moments later, as it does in football, when you know what something happens at one end, goes the other end, and the goal happens. And that's what we saw with uh, Boulter there. So uh, Shuloff did that. Had a few saves in this game, uh, important saves, and not, I think none bigger than that one prior to that first goal. Kind of set the, the tempo for the team that they said, hey, the goal is playing. Let's, let's go. Uh, and it was great to see from Shuloff uh, a bounce back performance that we haven't seen in all season long, really, for him. You know, we didn't have that many shots actually overall in the first half, but uh, you know the phrase once again, like kind of danger adjacent. I thought we had a lot more you know breaks and moments that looked like they were yeah. about to be dangerous in the final third than than Mainz did. It was really that one, the one shot you were just talking about that Schwelleman and I save on that was really kind of the most dangerous thing Mainz produced. Uh, they had a little bit of the edge in possession, I think, in the first half, but I do yeah. think that Schalke probably had you know um, the better of the action overall uh, in the first forty-five. I would agree. I would agree. Uh, and so good to be good to be up one nothing at halftime. Uh, make some adjustments. I think the team was playing well. Like you said, we, we probably could get get more a few more shots in on there. And you you know with a, you're never gonna win this game one nothing. You it felt like a game that multiple goals are gonna happen. You need to at least to get the win. I didn't expect what we saw, but uh, you expect you know hoping at least another second goal happen. And uh, sure enough. Mice came out well in the second half, uh, and eventually in the 53rd minute, uh, a goal where uh, kind of crazy play where Barrera ended up getting a goal off the goal line. Um, one one just like that, and you're thinking, Oh, all that good work goes for not because here they come, Mice, and they just level the game up just after halftime, kind of killing any momentum. I thought we started decently too, but yeah, it was a little bit more of an open game off the bat. Um, yeah, I think it came, uh, it was a uh, it wasn't really that poor in terms of like the defending, it's an aerial. Yeah ball that gets whipped in um and he just kind of directs it towards the far post and then that's where the breakdown was there was the free runner uh back post that was able to tap it in but it's one of those yeah. plays where like you know if the timing's off by a split second that goal doesn't happen and so um not the most egregious way to concede ultimately right. i think in, in in relative to what could have been but yeah um not the way we wanted to start the second half um no, but I thought both teams in this game repeatedly responded well to like the the moments of adversity. Like yes. this was not this was not a moment where Mainz then you know really ran us off the pitch for the next ten minutes or something like that. Like I mean, like yeah, both teams kind of stayed locked in and there were chances like you know on both ends. Yeah, and and, and to that end, Schalke really responded really well. Um, you you had mentioned about Kahneman doing some you know not doing the greatest things with the ball, but I think in particular this play uh, was a turnover by by Mainz. Uh, it was a nice one-two between him and Bruner, and eventually Salazar gets the ball back to, you know, Karaman does his part with the passing and then continues the run, which I think is so huge for the play because he ends up getting found found the ball back into the into the into the goal box, and he has options out there, but the main option is Kraus. So you can see he's wide open on the back pass. He found him. I wasn't sure he was looking at him or could see him, but he found him. And Kraus, I mean, puts the ball away, silky smooth there, uh, two to one. Fantastic way to respond to a goal by from Mainz. Uh, and Karaman, I think, deserves a lot of credit. I mean, the, the team does because the one-touch passing along the along the sideline, and eventually the ball gets to Kraus, and Kraus puts it away as he as he you expect him to. Uh, thoughts on that on that wonderfully worked goal? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Friend of the pod, uh, Kevin Hatcher, on the uh, on the call. Great call from him, by the way. Um, mm -hmm. And I think he maybe it could have been the color the color commentator. I forget, but one of them was like. Caramon just just knew there had to be somebody there for the yeah. back pass. I'm like, I don't blame him for phrasing it that way because when you're watching the replay, it doesn't look like he picked his head up. Yeah, like, no. maybe, <laughs> maybe he saw the people like really early on before that play really, and he just kind of knew they were going to be continuing that run. But maybe I heard as I was watching it live, we were like, you know, yeah. cut it back, cut it back, cut it back, cut it back, cut it. You know, like 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 are you gonna you know are you seeing what I'm seeing? And then he he does play it ultimately, and uh, yeah, you know, Cross had the angle to kind of catch that in rhythm, and uh, you know. 
it just it's just fun to see Tom Cross score. Obviously, hugely important yeah. goal in the context of the season. You consider the fact that he's a Schalke supporter. Um, the only chance he probably really has to stay at Schalke long term is if we stay up naturally. Like he is yeah. not going to remain with us if we go if we go down. Yeah. It's not guaranteed that he's remaining with us if we stay up, but certainly that's really the only way. So a hugely kind of important goal for him emotionally as well. Um, yeah, and in terms of the passing move, like it was just a random spurt of you know seven or eight seconds of like one touch passing where we're just kind of weaving in and out. And you're like, where, like, where's that been? Like, like, that's <laughs> exactly. the kind of com- like the one touch combination play, like fluidly in rhythm with the proper weight that like, we just, it's just not something that you see the Shaka team accomplish. Like so many of our goals are, even when they are in transition, aren't necessarily that smoothly worked. It was a very weird sequence. Yeah. So it was like Kraus and crawl and, and Caramon and it's going back and forth. And yeah, ultimately um, kind of an unlikely goal scorer uh, yeah. in, in Tom Kraus. But uh, yeah. Well, well worked. I, whatever happens in this season, whether we stay up or not, I, I think Thomas Rice deserves a lot of credit for really turning this team around from the nine points in the first half to you know twenty something points in the second half of the season. A real turnaround, not only in points aspect, but the way the team is playing. The team makes you feel proud that they're going to go down fighting no matter what, uh, whether they stay stay up or go down. And so, a lot of credit goes to Rice to really get to perform and play the way we expect. You know, I, I think. I think there's an argument to be made that that Frankie Cromer had, you know, the worst of overall sort of the injury luck that we experienced that this season. But it, it is an interesting point that you bring up. And like it was something I was thinking about after this game was. Schalke had wanted to go for Rice initially and we couldn't get him. And so we kind of settled for Cromer. If we had had Rice from the beginning of the season, I think we're already safe. Yeah. Just based on the way we played in the second half of the season doesn't mean we would have been great this year, but like. Man, if we had had Rice from the beginning, you have to feel like we would have picked up more than what the nine points or whatever it was that we, that we picked up in the yeah, first half. Of, yeah. or so I don't know. Yeah, I do think he deserves a lot of credit. Um, regardless of what happens, I, I'm I'm pleased with you know the decision to bring him in and what he's what he's provided. I was wrong about him. He shored us up a lot more than I thought yeah. was he was capable of. Um, and uh, down the stretch here, it's nice that Chuck was scoring some goals because I don't know where these you know we're we're supposed to be coming from for most of the most of the season, and now here kind of at the business end of things, we're finding a way to get the ball in the back of the net. Shout out to Eric and uh, William in the chat. See you guys. Uh, thanks for being here with us. Uh, interesting, interesting comment by William. Uh, let's 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 be optimistic here and say we do survive this year. I think uh, a fair shout for Rice for being a nominee of Coach of the Year for a team taking a team that has nine points the first half of the season and then they survive. Uh, that we're a long way from there. So three games to go. But if that ever to happen, I I wouldn't be against him getting a shout out he's not gonna get it but uh, you know he should be nominated for sure he should be recognized for the hard work his team has done yeah yeah that's fair um i think some other shouts you know when you look at like the positions of like you know like union berlin or like freiburg christian strike up shabby alonzo with leverkusen um Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, they've certainly turned around yeah since the appointment of uh we we remember when shabby first got appointed Yeah, we do. In the first half of this season, that was not a fun result for us uh, in his in his first game of charge. But yeah, yeah, Rice deserves some credit, and uh, you know, I hope I hope he stays with us if we go down. Um, yeah, and yeah. all indications that he has a contract that he would be with us if he goes down. So, um, comment here from William says, uh, "Loved how pumped Kraus was right after at the beginning, even when 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 he went throw-ins and stuff, he was pumped up." Yeah, I think that stayed throughout the entire game. You need the like, guys like Kraus and Crawl to be pumping up the crowd like that. Uh, we're all, we were on the road, but it didn't feel like it, right? It seemed like the whole one stand was all blue, uh, which is awesome to see the Nord crew of travel like that. It, they were just phenomenal in the second half, really spurred the boys on to kind of keep going and go for the win there. So it was fantastic there. Um, 
He says, uh, if we stay, then Rice is definitely an option for me. Yeah, no, for sure. I think whether we stay up or not, I think Rice uh, can get us back, I think, uh, if funding allows. But, uh, yeah, I think what he's done so far has been fantastic. And that cross goal, obviously great response by Schalke. And I thought when he scored there, I said, okay, it's, everything's going our way. We're going to win this game. Uh, and then Salazar, who, yeah, an okay game, I think, in this game. But he made a really silly, ill-advised tackle. Uh, at the top of the box and, and sweet spot, they got this guy, uh, Aaron Caricol. I forget the name, and Martinez, or I forget what they, what they called him. Yeah, Martin. Martin. And uh, he already had three free kick goals uh, on the season. And everyone's saying that he's going to take the shot. And uh, sure enough, beats the, beats the keeper. I know the, the announcer, uh, the, the, the German player, uh, he was saying, he was making saying about Brunner and, and saying, like, oh, he it, it was his fault, really, kind of because he ran back and forth, whatever. The ball went over a crawl. Not that crawl is the tallest guy, and he didn't really jump. But I don't know if he would have got it anyway. I think it was just a really perfectly struck free kick uh, for the goal. And Twelve is not at fault. Maybe he could have cheated to that side. Yeah, but. you can, you can point. I think to several different players and say maybe they could do a slightly better job on that. But it, it, ultimately, as you said, it, it's a it's a free kick given away in a very dangerous position when there's a player on the pitch who's known for taking advantage of those positions. Kevin Hatcher once again on the call. The second. That yeah. that fog gets called. He mentions that Martin has already gone over and picked up the ball and is trying to claim this because he's he's good at this and you know naturally, uh, not exactly curse the commentator, but you know predictive powers of the commentator and yeah, naturally, yeah. yeah, Martin Martin gets it in. So, um, you know, once again, likewise, like the goals that they score, the you know, it's it's that header back post where it's kind of tapped in and then it's a free kick goal. I mean, it's yeah. we weren't we weren't conceding all that much in the run of play, um, and so it, it was difficult for me to like you know feel like we really. I mean, they had they had enough XG obviously in this game in terms of like they created chances. I'm not saying they didn't, but you know the goals yeah. they ultimately scored are not the worst defensive uh, breakdowns that we've had this year. No, certainly not. Um, and you, you talk about responses; they responded well, and they even up the game. We responded well after that game. That goal, I think, both teams had opportunities. The remainder of the game, it got really lively. Shock in particular looked very dangerous. I thought, especially with Poulter came in. Uh, Drexler came in. They continued to play uh, very aggressively and had their opportunities. And time sticking away, and you're like, "How much stoppage time are we going to get?" And we end up getting five minutes. And lo and behold, just before the five minute mark, a clash of the heads between Machisiani and uh, one of the players for um, uh, for Mainz. Machisiani's head's bleeding, so he's down for a significant amount of time. They add even more minutes, uh, something like six minutes. They added to the to the play, and Schalke continue. Time after they had so many chances in and in, in stoppage the end of the game and the stoppage time and Zentner's coming up huge left and right left and right just making saves. Lotsa had a fantastic shot that kind of swerved away. Yeah, and he made a great save. Lotsa on. was good when he came on. By the way, a couple nice like three yes. ball passes. Like yeah, and then that's a good. That was a good shot. That was a good. Save Polter was good. Skarka was good. They both had opportunities in stoppage time. Uh, Toroda had a point blank chance. It was offside, so it didn't really matter. But Zetner was, was huge. It was Caramon that played that over, right? Yes, yes, it was. Yeah, that was another decent moment from Caramon, and you would have thought that that was that was a one v one with Toroda. You thought he was going to do that. You thought Bolter was going to score that late one. You know, there was multiple chances down the stretch that were pretty good opportunities. Well, you talked about on the on the goal that Kraus scored a tic tac toe, the wonderful passing that Schalke had. They did it again uh, on the save on Skarka, where Bolter comes down, passes back to Bolter, who immediately one touches it to Skarka. I mean, great play, great save by, by Zettner. Uh, had another great save on Poulter just minutes after that. It didn't look like it was going to happen for us, did it? Uh, and then uh, we kept at it, kept at it in stoppage time. Finally, I think it was off a corner kick or something where the ball goes back. Marius Bolter runs, and you see him go down. And I'm like, eh, whatever, nothing there. Uh, and then they, they keep going back to the video. And like, 
oh, he's got the jersey. Uh, are they going to call? Like, uh, it's, a, it's a yes. It's a 50-50 call, really. Uh, and the announcers mentioned how in the DFB Pokal, similar situation with, with Stuttgart, where they didn't get the call. And so I, when I heard that, I was like, okay, they're not going to call it here. Um, I mean, it was clearly a blatant hold of the jersey, but, you know, you can make the argument that it wasn't playable, blah, blah, blah. We get the penalty, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the argument, I think, from the Mines perspective is um, he's not going to win that ball because it's Zentner going up, jumping and grabbing it. Bolter's not going to get that. But the thing is, he's deprived of the opportunity to even go and challenge for it. Yeah. Um, and I do think that he would have been able to at least get to the spot to challenge for it. Do I Do I think he, Do I think it's likely he would have won that? No, I don't think it's likely no. that he would have won that ball at all. Um, but I think this kind of falls into the camp of – uh, something you and I have said repeatedly on this podcast over the years when Schalke gets these calls against them, which is like, look, you know, is, is it an, an absolute nailed on pen 100%? Like, you know, yeah. maybe not, but you can't give VAR, the, the the ref, the excuse or the opportunity to have to look at that and make that decision. Exactly. And there's so many of those where it's like, oh man, it's, it's such a, you know, we feel so aggrieved for this penalty because it wasn't even like a denial of a clear goal scoring opportunity. Like, oh, it was a tactical penalty, like a foul that somebody made to like stop a clear scoring chance. It was some bogus play that didn't really matter. And that's how they, you know, they get a penalty. But same thing. It's like, it's it's a silly play. Like there's no need yeah. to tug his shirt in that position. Your yeah. keeper's coming for it. And when you do that, you you run the risk that they're going to see that and they're going to call it. And ultimately, I think it probably is the right decision. I mean, it, I, th I don't think I would have been furious if we didn't get that. But yeah. and do, I don't think that Bolter would have won that that challenge. But he's not even given the opportunity to go in and, and go out for that. So, Correct. Uh, yeah, big decision. And ultimately, like I said, I think I think we were good for the win, um, you know, independent of this penalty anyway. So deserved. Win yeah, for sure. It comes 12 minutes into, you know, stoppage time. <laughs> Or whatever, it's kind of ridiculous that we get the penalty and it happens that late. But um, I think we deserve the three points today anyway, so I'll take it. I agree, hundred uh, percent. Fantastic win for the boys. Unex, uh, you know, as the game goes along, I didn't, I didn't think we had three points. And like I said, Zetner was having that fantastic of a game that even though we got the penalty, and I know Bolter stepping up, I'm thinking Zetner is going to pull something out of his ass because he's having one of those kind of games where when a goalie's hot, they're hot, and they can read penalties all of a sudden well and. Uh, Bolter just did fantastic. He he outweighed Zentner and put it away, and that, cool as ice. And uh, Bolter was huge, and then his angry face expression when he scored. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. No, and you shouted out the uh, you know the traveling support from you know yeah. the Schalke fans yeah. uh, and how much of an area that stadium they blocked off, and it was great. I mean, like when he hit that penalty, they ran like all the way down the field back to that corner, and like when it zoomed in on that section, it almost looked like they were at home for a minute. I did. Of a block, it, just yeah, incredible atmosphere, incredible scenes. I actually really like Mainzer Stadium, by the way. Yeah, um, nice. sort of their their main stand and everything is is really cool. And yeah, so great game, great atmosphere, uh, crazy stuff. This is a Mainz team that just you know had to come back and beat Bayern. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Inexplicably to kind of make the title race interesting again, and then they're playing Schalke right after that, and they lose to Schalke. I mean, this is this is the Bundesliga. This is it's wild, but uh, you love to see it. Um, yeah. one quick shout out. Um, uh, Nelson Viper. For yeah, Mainz, he came really on in the good. second half, and I thought was phenomenal. Arguably the best player on the pitch in the second half. Yeah, overall, um, I think that helps Mainz really get into the game as well because he gave them some verticality in the channels they didn't have previously. Um, I think there were periods of this game where Schalke were sort of um, trying to have a very high level of like high point of confrontation, um, really pressing them sort of all the way up to their their goalkeeper box on the buildup. And I think when players like Viper came in. 
um, and they got a little bit more vertical. It was pinning like Kaminsky yeah. and some of the center backs back deeper. And then in order to stay condensed, we had to kind of back off and not have that that pressure up the pitch. And that just opened up a lot of space for them to to get things going. So I uh, just wanted to shout out Viper because I thought he was really influential in the uh, in the second half for them. That is a great shout on both accounts because I think after they made it 2-2, we, we brought the press up again because we were trying to get the goal uh, and uh, really trying to get force the turnovers, playing a, like a really high line, and Viper came in and kind of really forced things back. Uh, he had the, the majority of the opportunities for Mainz in that second half. Uh, even when we were up three two, he had one more. I think one more opportunity where he danced around like three guys and then tried to go around. And I was like, "Oh my guys, he's gonna score here!" But luckily, it didn't Wasn't, happen. That actually, that actually may have been immediately before the VAR called it back. I think that oh, was yes, like yes, that was the right, ensuing right. counterattack when Bolter yes. was calling for it. Yes. Yeah, he almost danced through the box like three people. It was like a Lionel Messi type goal where like three people are like you know diving in the penalty area and no one tackles him. Um, he had some, uh, I think, some teammates that were upset that he didn't pass the ball there, but still, you know, great stuff from him, tidy feet. Yeah, exactly. No, uh, good player. He's only 18 or 19 years old, too. So he has a, hopefully a high ceiling with him. Hopefully he can build upon this. Uh, we've seen some of our own players in the past where they do a young age and then not necessarily uh, meet potential there. So, uh, yeah, 3 2 victory, uh, steal the points, earn the points, whatever you want to call it. Three points is what it is. Uh, wonderful result for us. And then you look at the standings. Uh, we are, like you said, no longer in the bottom three. Uh, bottom of the table, hurt the Berlin, who have a whole mess of problems, which we're going to get to in a second. Bochum, Stuttgart, uh, Stuttgart fans, and Stuttgart Americana, we, we understand why you're upset. It, you know, it just, that's all I'm going to say. Um, we're at, we're at 15th position on 30 points, two points above everyone else in the relegation fight. Hoffenheim, who again seems to get results, uh, they're two points ahead of us, and then Augsburg, two, two points ahead of them. So, um, big weekend up ahead. Uh, all the teams in the relegation battle have difficult games, including us uh, with Bayern, uh, Bayern Munich. Um, it feels good, though, to finally be out of the relegation zone for a, at least a week, right? Yeah, it, it does, unfortunately, given the remaining part of our schedule. I, I still don't think this is going to happen for us. Yeah. Um, uh, and not that it can't happen in any of those games. And, and, you know, Frankfurt, I think, lost this weekend, right? But, like, yeah. You're probably targeting that that central fixture, the Frankfurt game between the Bayern and Leipzig bookends to try to get yeah. a result. I think if we get I think if we get one more win, if we get three points, we have a good chance of at least being, you know, in that sixteenth spot and having a chance yeah, to, to fight. Yeah. I think we need that extra win. Um, I think a draw against Frankfurt and a couple losses probably isn't gonna cut it. Um, you know, it goes back to what I said. When we lost to Hoffenheim, that two 0 result to Hoffenheim, that's when I kind of definitively said I no longer believe that we're gonna get yeah. safety um you know the back-to-back wins against bremen and Mainz were slightly unexpected and and kind of threw us back into contention here um but i mean bayern and leipzig they oh, kind of yeah. they, they spank us when, when we're playing like they spank us anytime really but like when we're playing like this when it's this kind of like disparity in terms of the you know the team sheet and everything yeah it doesn't bode well so it's going to take something pretty special obviously mathematically it could still happen not over yet but um, it's tough. It's real tough. This was a fun result, though. If this ends up being the last points, you know, we yeah. have in the Bundesliga for a while. Um, I think it was uh, a nice way to bow out. I, I agree with you. And to kind of put some realism in this whole thing, looking at the schedules for the remaining teams around us, looking at Bochum, they got Augsburg next week. Uh, you know, it's a winnable game for them. Uh, Hertha Berlin and then Leverkusen. Leverkusen probably loses Leverkusen, but you never know. You never know. Uh, looking at Stuttgart, their remaining fixtures, uh, they have Le- Leverkusen. Then they got Mainz, who we just beat, and then they got Hoffenheim, a huge game there. Yeah. And then lastly, looking at Hoffenheim, uh, they have Wolfsburg, Union Berlin, and and Stuttgart, as mentioned. So 
it's not easy. Uh, it's probably two of the toughest schedules are Hoffenheim and and Schalke. But man, we need to get some results. And why not us? Like I said, you know, as, as the title says, you know, yes, it's Bayern, and they've n- notoriously uh, beat down on us uh, and take our players, right? But why not us? They're not playing well at the moment. They've they've been struggling. They lost the minds recently uh, under Tuchel. They they have not been performing uh, to their standard, and so. If we're gonna get them at any point, if you want to get Bayern at any any point in, in 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 their in their sphere of you know vulnerability, this might be the only time to do it. Um, whether it's a point or three, we need something uh, just to, just for a chance. The problem is that Bayern, more than any team in the league, can field a large percentage of former Schalke players against us, and we know how <laughs> know. it usually goes for us whenever there's a former Schalke player on the I pitch. Know. When we play Bayern, suddenly it becomes three, four players at any at any one time. Oh, um, and, and they all that's seem not to score. Conducive. And then there's plus there's there's still Thomas Muller, who just I, I think I despise more than any player in the history of the game. Um, I, I I don't understand that guy. But anyway, uh, yeah, it, who knows? Yeah, they've, they've been sort of chaotic. I, I think it was a mistake from them um, to to sack Nagelsmann uh, and bring in Tuchel. That hasn't steadied the ship. If anything, it's only potentially jeopardized their season further um weird locker room issues going on look if there's a time to play Bayern and potentially take advantage of it I guess it's now so that's the positive spin you can put on things as you said but um yeah still not particularly optimistic I think we might have to call up you know noted Bayern slayer Ahmed Katuchu see if he can bring in and, and get his goal um I mean how many players have scored against Bayern for us in the last like four or five seasons like that the, still on the team none <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean just in general like how many total goals have we scored against Bayern over the past like four years not many. <laughs> Not many at all. Not many. Not many at all. How many they scored? A, a boatload. Probably, um, yeah. 20-something. Right, so if if we were to get some kind of result uh, in this one, how would we have to play them, do you think? Well. <laughs> that's, probably, that's maybe not enough, right? It, um, that might not be enough, but we have to be compact. We can't give up these you know, counterattacks that they, they, they can get on us with the, with the speeches that they have on the wings. That's for damn certain. So, you know, we may not be as aggressive defender from the defender's uh, aspect, you know, pushing up on the play like Machisiani and Bruner, but we have to be come back. Kraus and Kroll are going to have to play their best games of their freaking lives yeah. on top of everybody else, right? Um, I think people like Kaminsky and Vandenberg, um, Yenser, Yoshida, if, they, if they're back for it, are going to have to be very effective in possession, building out of the back. It's something yeah. that Kaminsky's been good at, but, like, we're going to need that additional help, you know, in front of playing through the lines and trying to break down Bayern. I think Salazar is going to have to have a very important game on the counter. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I mean, I think most of our chances are either going to be transition moments after we've been pinned back very deep or, you know, potentially set pieces as well. Um, yeah, I don't see us breaking them down. I think you're correct in the sense that our, our, our fullbacks are probably going to be less involved going forward than they are typically, which is not that much to begin with. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's going to have to be a, you know, white knuckle it, hold on, and, you know, hopefully you take the, the chances that you get because they're probably going to be few and far between. You would imagine. Hopefully Fairman's back too. Oh, is there a chance I, that he may come back? I don't know. I, I, Kevin, they were saying that on, on the call that, that you know there's a chance that Fairman may be involved before the end of the season. I thought he was probably done for the year. Um, so we'll have to double check that. But, yeah, uh, I don't know. I think um, what we what you probably can expect is that, you know, the main threat for Schalke is obviously Bolter, and they're going to – they're going to probably shadow him and, and make him not a guy who's going to beat them. That means someone's going to have to step up. And somebody else, whether it's a midfielder or another Kahneman or a Toronto, somebody has to step up to get goals in this one. Now, granted, Byron, have, Byron defender might be like, hey, you know what? I got him. Don't worry about it. I, I got it. And, and if that's the case, great. 
let him let him get a chance. But uh, I Bayern and these teams at the top tend to know where your strengths are and kind of phase that out and force you to beat them other ways. And so Schalke is going to have to come up with a good some way somehow to get a kind of result here. And I, I think it would be poetic if it was Torada that found a way to make a difference. Bayern sort of Hat-trick. symbolizing <laughs> like, you know, the, the peak of what the Bundesliga is and that level that he's really never been able to get it going on. I think if you were to score against you know, the representation of, of Bundesliga excellence, that would be a nice poetic, you know, way for us to get a result. But yeah, I'm not really holding my breath for, for much in this one. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, William says that Brayden put away all their chances. They could have beat Byron. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they two, one, they lost there and Byron's not invincible. So that's the main thing this season that, you know, one way you can look at it is that if Byron was running away with the league again, um, maybe we'd have a better, maybe they wouldn't play all their best players, but Byron's going to bring it no matter what. Um, I was kind of hoping that Union Berlin had a bigger gap between them and Freiburg, but unfortunately they're tied in points. So, you know, hopefully in the next week or so, week or two, their 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 season gets settled up and they can put some uh, backup players at the last game. But we'll we'll see to be determined. But yeah, the main objective right now is Bayern this Saturday, 9:30 a.m. Uh, my time, 8:30 a.m. Jack time in Chicago land. Uh, We'll see. Yeah, it's going to be uh, an enticing affair. I still have some more angry orchards or angry trees uh, in the fridge. Got the uh, angry tree here today because uh, obviously Bolter was man of the match for Schalke, no doubt about it. Um, I'm ready to get hurt again. My body is ready. <laughs> From celebration, right? <laughs> um, anything else on Schalke from you? No, I think we can leave it there for the time being. All right, uh, Pod Animation says, it's going to be a wild game, hoping for a 2-2 draw, but somehow anything is possible, even a win in Munich. This is true. This is true. Um, last thing I want to leave with is uh, the, the, ta- the curious tale of Hertha Berlin. Uh, we mentioned that they're in hurting. They look like all but certain for down for relegation. Um, now the, the, the question is, they might not get a, a, a license by next season, whether it's in the Bundesliga or Svita Liga. Uh, there's been some issues going on with the their investor. Uh, DF, DFL reportedly investigating her to deal with investor 777 with, with concerns they may breach the 50 plus one. Uh, concerns... Uh, from the Hertha meeting, license criteria with unnamed source reportedly telling um, as, as, as SC uh, Soda Deutsche Zeitung it's the worst such case they've ever seen. Now, you take that with a grain of salt. That's coming from Derek Ray and many people, but take it with a grain of salt because until it happens, it's just a rumor, and you would imagine things get resolved here some way, somehow, especially a, a big club like Hertha Berlin with all the money invested into them. But um, Imagine. I mean, what are your thoughts on this? Because again, if this were to come true, and what they what what they're reporting that did actually happen, they would have to probably re restart this whole team and drop all the way down to Regional Liga uh, and kind of start over. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess part of me just feels like recent, like very recent history. There's just not consequences for clubs. Yeah, and that you know they find a way to make it work. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of like the most recent case of a club actually being Rangers, maybe. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. not even saying it was yeah. like 50 plus point. I'm trying to think of like a case of a club actually being sent down and really having like serious consequences in that regard. Um, yeah, who knows? Yeah, it is the quote that where they were saying like this is the worst case that we've seen when it comes to this kind of thing that kind of raises an eyebrow and makes you think that like behind the scenes this actually may be more concerning than um we had realized. But yeah, who knows? Um, and the and the point is they're probably going down regardless. The result this weekend important for them i guess but they still have you know a larger gap to uh to safety than anybody else at this point and um yeah i don't know we'll have to watch how that develops though definitely an interesting uh interesting story because you know it's a big berlin club it is it is uh it's a smaller of the two berlin clubs at the moment but uh yeah no doubt about that so uh 
Um, <laughs> Juventus, yeah, Juventus could be the ones doing that. I know Parma had the same situation where they got dropped down to fourth league to kind of restart because of some Mr. Was Pryor. it Palermo? Palermo as well. Palermo's one. Another, yes, that's a good one. Seems to happen in Italy all the time. So <laughs> apparently, it might happen again this season. But uh, the Italy, Italy and their finances. Sketch. It's in the know. juice. It's in the juice. No, I don't know. Um, yeah. Okay. That's a, that's a good way to wrap this up. I think um, another. It's we're gonna have to pull miracle here down the stretch here. Let's start with Bayern. Why not us? Like I said, uh, anything is possible. Though we are both realists in this situation, so you know we we are, we're we're we'll us leave it at that. So uh jack any uh shout outs you want to give no just shout out to the team for yeah still trying to grind through it like i said after the hoffenheim game i kind of gave up hope but um you know regardless of what happens the final three weeks of the season this minds result if nothing else was fun uh great effort on the road from the boys is why we love football so um yeah I'm, I'm i'm ready for the final three weeks of the season i am too uh one game at a time and uh well, I'll have more of that, please. But uh, let's see. Let's get through by it first and see what happens this uh, this Saturday. I mean, I'm I'm ready and I'm excited. So, uh, no shouts. A shout out to the chat. Wonderful again tonight. Uh, glad to have you guys along with us. Uh, questions and comments. Uh, keep bringing it every week. Uh, shout out to the Discord channel as well. Uh, so yeah, follow us at Shock America anywhere on the Twitter sphere, or social media, if you will, uh, as well as on YouTube. Follow us. Subscribe. Uh, like the video would help out immensely. Uh, maybe we uh, get a little collab here going here in the near future with, uh, well, we'll, we'll, say, we'll talk about it next podcast. Uh, but until then, uh, for Jack, for myself, uh, we're going to get on out of here and uh, let's go. Blue Calf. Blue Calf.